Minnesota Vikings fans, welcome back to the Purple People Eaters podcast. He's Aaron, I'm Chris, and we're here to talk about, yes, finally, a Vikings victory. Was it pretty? No. But do we really expect pretty this year? Uh, maybe in spots. But overall, a win is a win is a win, as the old saying says. And hey, you know, we'll, we'll count it. We'll count it. I mean, we could be three and one. We could be two and two right now. But the coulda, woulda, shouldas. The point is, they got the job done, and the defense led the way along with the running game. What what is going on? Um, so that is a positive. Um, we definitely will go heavy on the defense. It's been probably since the first week where we definitely didn't think they were to blame in that one. It was the turnovers, um, you know, against Tampa. But it was nice after these two rough weeks it was really fun to see them deliver in a variety of ways it wasn't just Harrison Smith it was a bunch of folks Davenport and all that so we'll talk about that the one yard line we're talking about offense now the one yard line oddity continues uh this time we just added a little trick to it with a pick six so that's always fun like I said I mean Matson running really freaking strong um, you got to love it. Struggles on third down, though, and just maintaining drives and whatnot. Pretty much what's been going on, a lot of that, you know, goes around turnovers and, and success on first down and whatnot, especially turnovers, though. Um, and then, of course, we'll look towards a big game. A bi- I mean, big, big game at home. Tough opponent. KC coming into town. The Chefs. Uh, maybe Taylor Swift. I don't know if she'll make the road trip up to Minneapolis, so we'll see. I know, uh, you know, the tight end is uh, getting a lot of play on that one, and so we'll break in, you know, break that down, preview, predict it, the whole nine. It'll be interesting to see if we have a new starting lineup in the offensive line this week. A lot of people are kind of wondering what the hell is going on with that, and, and I hear that. I do hear that. I don't think they keep talking about. T.J. Hawkinson and how he was able to play four days later. We even talked about that last week, but I don't think it's the exact same thing. But we'll we'll talk about that, and then of course we always close um, with a Gopher football segment. They did get a solid W. Um, got another freshman, Zach Evans, that stood up for the injured <laughs> freshman. So that that was nice. They got a dub, and now. It's the big brown jug coming into town, the University of Michigan, the Blue Bloods, and all that good stuff. So we'll break it all down. But remember, if this is your first time listening to the Purple People Leaders podcast, welcome. It streams live right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash rope-a-dope radio. Um, you don't have to go to Blog Talk and Rope-a-Dope. If, if you want to find the show in other places, there's plenty of places to check it out. Under the Rope-a-Dope radio brand, it's Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio. Download the podcast app, Player FM, Google Podcasts. We also have a um, Living in Loserville podcast page at the at Spricker. Make sure you check that out. And uh, one more thing, you go ahead and head over to thegruelingtruth.com and Sports News 24. And actually, now it's one more thing. Kick off football season with DirecTV Stream. Get the DirecTV Sports Pack which includes the NFL Network, NFL Red Zone, SEC Network, Big Ten Network, 
uh, stream with no strings attached, live sports news and on demand, no annual contract, no hidden fees, no satellite dish, no cable box for a limited time, save $30 on a new package starting at $64.99. So choose the direct TV stream package that is right for you. Okay. Let's go ahead and bring in the co-host here, Aaron. And, uh, you know, I, you got to take the dub, especially in football. It's not like baseball or even hockey or, or basketball where you have so many damn games um, to get dubs. You don't have a whole lot of games to get the win. So uh, you got to take it when you can. Yeah, got the W. It's Lately been few and far between, and I was a little surprised by it, but I have to kick off the show here with a little bit of soapbox. Uh, I need to tell uh, people that have been commenting to me on the site as well as on other platforms that, you know, I am a fan of the Minnesota Vikings. Let's just get that out there. All right. I'm just a little critical, and you're allowed to be critical when you're a fan. I think you don't just have to be optimistic all the time uh, with the squad in particular. I'm not really going to be satisfied with uh, another playoff berth, Chris. Um, our whole lives have been playoff berths with the exception, I think four times NFC championship games in our run. I could go down the list and name them, but you know, it's not that I, I just don't see a path at eight and nine to where you're going to change anything. I need, they're either got to lose big or win big and that's where I sit on this so I'm not am I saying tank no am I saying you know but you have to do something it's a good quarterback draft um it's a lot being said here but I'm just saying I am a fan but I am critical and I think you got to find a way out of mediocrity put that out there right now and you started you know got to win on Sunday wasn't wasn't perfect uh far from it but you played a bad team, uh, and you, you know, they're both 0 and 3 going in. Somebody was going to be 0 and 4, and you managed to come out on the bright side of it. So, you know, 1 and 3 is looking a lot better than 0 and 4 at the moment. Yeah. Um, I agree as far as just getting to the playoffs is not, is not a satisfying season. Like, man, now, now last year, the regular season was very satisfying because that was just some random shit, especially those two games with Buffalo and, and Indianapolis. Those are games that in a season, but especially those two games that will just never go away in your memory because there's, you know, that's kind of what we have to celebrate. It's kind of like after Thanksgiving, that's generally like, all right, even back, you know, late 90s, early 2000s, the turkey legs were like our, our Super Bowl trophy, you know what I mean? It's like, all right, man, this is great. Oh, December's here. Okay, well, it's different now. January, great. Yeah, we haven't played February football. Um, so I hear what you're saying. Now, as far as if you pick a team, let's say they did win 10 or 11, now they would overachieve based off what your prediction was going in. I think that's fair, right? Sorry, I'm I'm yeah. Uh that, uh yeah, that would be a huge overachievement on my uh prediction going in. And I still think my prediction stands. I don't think uh we're going to win 10 11 games. Um but if we did, I'd be a fan of the squad, Chris. I'm just saying I'm not satisfied with the with a right. wild card. I'm not satisfied with a, yeah. a first round. 
Um, and I won't be satisfied probably now having already seen, like I said, four NFC championship games. I'm going to want to see us go farther through that. And um, I think there's ways to do it. And I don't think, you know, winning eight, nine games a year and getting 21st pick is the way to do it. Um, we've done it year after year after year. And it's just, you need to get a higher pick. We we know how this league works. I'm not going to go down and list uh what a rookie scale quarterback is and how that's going to win. I think everybody can figure that out, how the league works. Um, but uh, I just don't think at pick 21, unless you get lucky, you're going to find the guy or, or other guys that are going to help you. And I think there's one position that needs to be dealt with and, and this is the year to do it. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying, you know, that this team needs to throw in the towel. I'm just saying, um, I'm just saying that I'm not sure that winning eight games or nine games is going to help more than hurt this season. And it's not just that first pick either, because you can always move up into the top 10, but it's the layers of second and third round picks at that higher pick as well. Cause then maybe you could even, well, first of all, you get a higher pick, but then you could move up from there too, from the, from the third to the late second or, you know, so that, that is part of what you're saying. I was just clarifying that part because I know people will be like, well, you, you pick fifth, fifth, you know, only five games or whatever, blah, blah, blah. I know that they're going to, they would jump on you if, if in fact they did get it. Oh, they've been jumping, man. And it's been, I, like, I, you're not a fan. And I'm like, I am a fan. I just want to see more, yeah, yeah. you know? And right. I think that if you sacrifice in the near term to gain in the long term, might be a better strategy than going, you know, middle of the road season yeah, no, I, after I season and picking 20. You know what I mean? And this has been an ongoing debate for the last few years, um, just in general. And, you know, although I, I do agree with that, you know, tanking is very tough. We've talked about this too. Tanking is not easy to do at the NFL level unless you completely blow it up. Um, like completely blow it up and we blew up a fair amount of it. We set off some bombs that knocked down plenty of walls in the facility this off season. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. And, um, you know, it, 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 now I'll say the, the whole rookie contract thing for a quarterback, Mahomes is really the only guy that that's actually worked to win a Super Bowl in the last like 20 years. Uh, there's been a lot of documentation on that, but hey, Hertz wasn't a first rounder. We could get a high second maybe if we didn't get that or whatever, you know, because it doesn't feel like we're for sure going to be in the top five this year. Now, if we lose the next two out of three, then that starts to feel more like that. A lot of it really depends on the next four games, really. If they go two and two, they can still salvage the season. If they don't, then you could start to see that. But this is the year to pick it, whether – we should have extended Cousins a couple years ago so we could actually trade him now or, or the cap would be. Well, the cap's really not hit. He's like 15th highest cap this year. But it, it, you can have a court like, like the Eagles and the Chiefs. Those are perfect examples. The Eagles, a lot of people say, well, they had that shitty year. Yeah, but they already drafted Hurts before the shitty year happened. He played the last like four or five games. If you think Mahomes, Mahomes, they won like 11 games or 12 games the year that they drafted Mahomes. They moved up. They moved up for it. But um, so, you know, it, it, 
the point is you can have a good quarterback and, and then replace him with a younger one. But my biggest thing was, and we're going way too long on this, like it's the offseason now that I think about it. I just looked at the time. But but you're right as far as, like, it's going to happen. Whatever's going to happen is going to happen. And and like you said, when you've seen something enough, you do get sick of it. Hey, let's let's uh, let's regroup. Let's just, you know, rebuild in that type of thing. And, you know, whatever. Like I said, we've gone a little too far. But anyway, um. And we get a lot of shtick for living in Loserville, too, like we're just negative the whole time. I mean, we're actually not that negative the whole time at all. We 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 make sure to talk about bright spots and stuff like that, like a dabbing port and whatnot. But we should uh, start with the defense here because, um, you know, five sacks to actually – now, I know we didn't throw the ball a whole lot, but still, to actually get an, an extra hit, I think we had six hits or eight hits, I can't remember, on the QB. We got a, one more hit than the opposite team, and that is a rarity the last few years. So just getting pressure on that quarterback, tackles for loss, the big sacks. Obviously, I mean, Harrison Smith went crazy. He definitely was like a throwback couple of years ago when they were really using him in that defense on the line of scrimmage and whatnot. And uh, we talked about the defensive ends and the outside linebackers in the four three three four. And man, are they, you know, cut out for this? Are they in the right roles? And, you know, of course we're playing, you know, Carolina, they're not a great team by any stretch of the imagination. They're not even pretty good or nothing like that. But, um, they have had some tight games, just like us, uh, for the most part. So Davenport, though, came on. I mean, it was fun just to see them just be part of the team, you know? It's like, hey, you guys can make plays, too. And then if the offense is fucking up, then you make a play. They'd be like, thank you. Now watch this. Let's play ball together, you know? I saw a lot of guys that I was impressed by. Um, Davenport was one of them. First, shocked to see him, and second, you know, it was nice to see him actually uh, make plays. And you have, like you said, we talked a little bit off air about that defensive line and whatever they were doing this week, it might have just been a weaker offensive line or some scheme things, not really sure, but they were a lot more active, got to the ball a little bit more. Um, you still don't have the horse in the middle that you want, but I think we're finding ways to compensate for that. And when you have Jones and Hunter and Wanham, and now Davenport in there, it just seemed like that was that missing piece that we needed. And like you said, Smith had a heck of a game coming off the edge, back in the box again, which was interesting uh, to see him. He had been in a little bit, but just never really got to the quarterback. So I think they did some new blitz things, worked on some stuff. I know Bynum came in on a couple there. Just a lot more stuff. And maybe as a younger quarterback, held the ball a little bit longer, were able to get there, confused him a little bit more than you would confuse a, a, a Herbert or or a Hertz, um, but nonetheless, you got the pressure that you so desperately needed, which helped Evans have a decent game. Um, and the other corner on the other side, the new guy, number seven, just seems like the defense kind of came together, gave up some plays, which we said earlier is going to happen throughout the season. If you're going to take these chances, uh, trying to get pressure, you're going to give some stuff up uh, from time to time. But if you can limit that, uh, that's the way to go. So overall, really like the defense uh you don't need to say much about Harrison Smith, just out there doing what he does if given the opportunity. And, uh, 
you know, it's good to see him get active again. I thought, you know, maybe he was bored in this new scheme or this maybe we're building, you know, Chris, how they always don't want to show much in week one and week two. And now we're into week three and week four and you start to show a little bit more. And, and uh, that's probably where we're at here. And, you know, I'm, I'm not ready to crown uh, Flores, but I'm willing to say that it's a lot different than Donatel's scheme and it sure shows up a lot different. And we can, you know, in years to come, when you add more pieces that he's going to need, I think if he's around in years, that's, that's a caveat there. Um, I think it really build a, a, a great defense here. It's not there yet. I know it's a lot of knee-jerk people saying, you know, Flores is in. It's a great defense. No. I mean, this year we're looking for league average, Chris. That's where we're at. Yeah, for, that's for all you defense. can expect. You know, get us off the bottom. Get us off the schneid. And, and get us into the yeah. middle ground of the league. And hopefully this offense can uh, score enough points to win you games. That's a uh, best-case scenario, I think, for the season. Yeah, no doubt. I remember when our defense was horrible, when and in that first year, 2014, when Simber got here, it was like by the end of the year, you're like, okay, wait a second, this could be a pretty good defense by the, you know, by the next year. And then from 15 to 19, it was one of the top five, top ten every single solitary year. Um, so we came out, you know, had a nice drive going. Stop me if you've heard this one, um, Matson. Once again, kudos to Akers, too. Cam came in, very productive on the ground. It's nice to see when you actually play call it that, you know, you, you give them an opportunity to do it. Um, we got a, a, a P.I. on a deep route on Addison. Um, had a touchdown. <laughs> we had a touchdown. I was like, all right, here we go. Seven, what, what, what's, that, what's that now? Oh, Oliver, who had a great game. Okay, he had two things that stood out where you're like, ooh. But other than that, Oliver, the tight end, the new tight end we got, he had a damn great game, but he did have a penalty there. And then either the next play or the maybe two plays later, Cousins probably throws his, his worst, well, one of the worst picks. Um, dude came off, TJ, and the guy looked like he was going to hug up on TJ. and went for KJ, pick six. Once again, to continue this shit happening four weeks in a row, uh, major shit happening at the one-yard line. It's just such a Viking thing uh, to do. And then, you know, we followed up with a three and out, and then they went on this 15-play drive, 8-26 on the clock. Hubert was had a couple nice runs, back-to-back catches from Thielen. The defense, though, did force a field goal ultimately, and it's 10-zip. And that's like the only thing I'll say about the defense is these 15-yard, you know, 15-play, I think if you look at the time of possession, I mean, it was like, I think we had like 20-something here. Let me look. 21, yeah, so 38-21 to basically, which is pretty crazy, but some of it makes sense. Uh, but, yeah, I'd say the only bad thing is an, an eight-minute drive, um, a six-minute drive, and, a, and another, like, a ten, five-minute drive. Yeah, six minutes. So, literally, that's like 13 minutes on top. That's like 20-something minutes, 22 minutes in three drives. That was a little rough. However, they did, you know, stop it to a field goal. So, it was like, okay, no big deal. And the Vikings offense responded. Um, 10 play drive. They had their own five minute drive. Uh, Akers had a 
I think three or four sizable runs. Um, we, we went for it on fourth and two because we weren't good on third down one for eight on the game. So they're like, screw it. Let's just go for it on third and one. JJ got a touchdown. It's 10, seven. And you know, you're like, all right, things are calmed down. And that's the one thing about this. I think it's down 10 points. No other team in the last two years has more comebacks than us, which makes sense from last year. I think there's five of them now that we came back from 10 points, but that's the thing about this team. They don't freaking quit. They just don't quit no matter what. Um, I remember that Dallas game got ugly. That great, that second Green Bay game got ugly, but we had plenty of other, the Buffalo game, the Indianapolis game, other games. We had plenty of time to say, ah, we're down 14 zip, screw it. And that is one thing I like about this locker room is they just don't quit. But to continue the one-yard line thing is such a Minnesota sports slash Viking thing, dude. But, you know, it was 10-7. I thought, all right, let's just calm down. Let's let's get stuff going. Um, so, I, you know, that 10-zip didn't really scare me at that point. It was just kind of, like, laughable. Laughable. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I thought that pick six. I mean, Franklin's still running on it as we speak. And I don't know what to throw, why he threw it. I, I think he saw, I know he got peeled off and, but it was, you know, one of those throws, like you said, one of the worst throws we've seen from him, um, top five, at least. And I, that's like, he's already admitted that and he, you know, he'd take that back if, if he could, obviously. Um, but like you said, you know, 10 zero is not really a problem, dude. Uh, for this squad, as long as you have the time uh, to come back from it. And, you know, I guess we're at the point, Chris, where we could talk about slow starts because you got to call it a slow start. If you get down to the one yard line and you can't put the ball in, you know, red zone issues this year. Uh, you know, Zimmer used to that lead training camp with that. Maybe we get back to that somehow and work on red zone drills because uh, it's just been a kind of a mess uh, lately. Um, I thought, like you said, Madison came out, ran hard. Acres was nice to see, um, hits the hole hard and, and, uh, a little bit of a change up from Madison. Uh, I think just vision wise, but I think they're both power backs, which is kind of, uh, interesting. Kind of have to find like a third down guy, which might be Chandler, uh, in the coming weeks. Who knows? But, um, I thought offensively you did what you had to do. There were some stupid penalties, of course. And, like you said, uh, Ingram. They're always timely too. They're just yeah. the timely stuff, you know. Right. And Ingram's still in there, Chris. We don't know why. <laughs> First thing I looked at uh, starting the game off was, you right. know, who's, where's the offensive yeah. line? It's like, okay, well, Ingram's still in there. Cleveland's still in there. Still Schlotman. What's going on with Reisner? Uh, it's a big mystery. Nobody knows. Maybe we'll we'll see a change coming this week, uh, or maybe they just wanna, you know. I don't know, give Ingram a chance to lose the spot. Maybe he's playing just well enough to keep it. Who knows? Um, but would be nice to see him in there and see what happens. I mean, all the other new guys are starting to come along a little bit. Um, and, you know, I thought Addison made that nice play. Um, you didn't see a lot of him throughout the game, but, uh, we'll take those PIs down to the one. I mean, uh, yeah. any day of the week. And if you can get that on a consistent basis, that's as good as a catch. Um, I'm sure he would have liked to catch the ball, but uh, as far as the game flow goes, yeah. uh, that works out. So I thought offensively, you know, they played well enough to win. Obviously they won. Um, it wasn't a perfect game by them. I thought they, 
you know, gave up on the run a little bit. I thought, you know, towards the end of the game. Um, but you know, that's the way that the game was going. Um, cousins besides the interception played fairly well, took some heat, got hit again. Uh, there's still problems with the O line, but for what it was and for what we know of this squad, I thought they played very well. I thought it was overall team effort pretty damn good. Yeah. And so it was like, Getting near the the end of the second quarter, like midway through, it was kind of six and out punt, three and out, four and out punt from the Vikings got sacked on third down, three and out. But then, actually, I think, I want to, yeah, then we had a nice drive going. Here we go again, right? TJ gets a nice uh, little screen pass. Jefferson goes through a big pickup, as does KJ. Thinking, here we go. Let's get some points. You know, we can get the lead. Everything, you know, let's calm down a little bit. And, and yeah, we only had, like, 19 pass attempts in this game, which is really weird for us. But when we talk about timely, once again, Ingram overall, and by the way, a lot of these stats, if we talk about any offensive lineman, when you throw the ball 40 times, you are going to give up more pressure. So that's just a given, right? And on the flip side, if you only throw 19, you're not gonna, you don't have as much time to do it. Especially if a couple of those are like just a screen class, something that's gonna go right out. But once we talk about the timing thing, you know, the only pressure he gave up that hit the quarterback was that one that it was one on one, and it looked like he had a step Addison, and right when he's throwing it, it pops way up after getting hit. And it was like the one fucking – I didn't even think about that till I saw the stat after. The one pressure he gives up the whole damn game, and it's that. And that's just – we can name players on the line. We can do this. We can do that. But it's, it just keeps happening in these little time frames. And Thielen catches like a 15-yard pickup. They go in at 13-7. to seven, And it's like, man, that's at least like some points, dude. That's at least a field goal. Another stat that I saw from Dustin Baker the other day – We've only tried two through four games. We've only tried two field goal attempts. Talk about turnovers. Because some of those, you know, we don't just give touchdowns. But some of those are field goal attempts, not even making the field goal because we know how that goes sometimes. But these are just, you you give it up. But, uh, you know, a couple punts, and uh, they're moving the ball. Once again, six-minute drive, ten play, and then the game kind of gets turned on its head, and all of a sudden it kind of sparks us as a team. And, uh, you know, a DJ Wanham sighting, and just in general, the, 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 the game changed right there. Yeah, I mean, Harrison off the edge, and great play by him, little strip sack, a ball kind of bounced right up to our boy Wanham, and he took it the rest of the way, and that, that was a game-changing play, kind of made up for the uh, interception. 99-yard uh, interception right. return, kind of balanced out the game. Um, and, you know, we don't see a lot of those. I can't remember the last scoop and score. Maybe it was Hunter uh, a couple years ago or maybe even last year. But uh, very, like you said, changed the game, changed momentum right at the time when we needed it. And uh, it was good to see. And nice to see Wanham on the bright side of something. Uh mm. And just to see the defense get a turnover, get a defensive score. These are all things we haven't seen for the season. So um, very good to see and also uh, probably won us that game. Yeah. And, and once again, oh, you're going to spark us? Watch this. Three and out, the defense stands up. 
four-play quick strike, touchdown on a free play, hits J.J. with a dime. And on that, I think it was a screen yeah, screen pass that Akers took for a nice chunk. And then he had like a pickup of 11 and 7, so he was running really good. It's 21 to 13. Jefferson doesn't get two touchdowns that many times. I think this is only his fifth time in his career. So obviously once you get to the red zone, it gets a little tougher. But, um, you know, the, the defense sparks and holds him to a three and out and get Davenport gets another sack. And you're like, all right, dude, now we're playing. Now we did give up this long-ass, again, 11-play drive, six minutes. But in the end, you know, they did force him. Davenport was in there again. We did actually force him to, you know, to, to give it up and punt it. Now, this is where I think the second Cousins throw that he – I mean, the first one, like you said, top five, I think that's a good way to put it. Somewhere in the top five, that was – horrible pass, but at least as a Viking, obviously we didn't see every pass when he was uh, with the Redskins, but but then he missed uh, Jefferson, he overshot him, um, and that would have kept that drive going once again. Maybe it's just another set of downs and we punt it, sure, but that kills time when you needed it, um, but Harrison got back-to-back, it was like a coverage sack, I think it was a block pass on the on the. Yeah, block pass on the uh, on the line of scrimmage on first down. Second down, Harrison Smith sack. Good coverage sack. You had to throw it away on third down. And then Smith again. I mean, that was uh, that was fun because, like I said, they were kind of dinking and dumping us, whether it was, you know, running or passing, really. They were just kind of grinding us. And then they actually lived up to the bend but did not – break and they made plays and forced them off the field and got the dub that's what we're going to see a lot this season chris is just dink and dunk and just being you know slowly led down the field uh, with all the blitzing we do and everything else it's easy to take advantage as herbert did of getting us down the field or you know if you got a great offensive line you're just going to run the ball they're going to be long drives and they're going to something we got to get used to and um you know i don't think it's going to go away anytime soon unless we sign somebody in the middle. Um, but you're right. It's just the way it went. And, you know, they did pick up the pace a little bit. And, and Young, you know, you did mention last week that uh, you preferred Dalton for this game. And I was like, I don't know. Young is kind of a. No, I didn't. Goal. I went the opposite. I oh, yeah. Want I'm to. sorry. I, I messed it up. Um, you preferred Young to Dalton. And uh, I was like, I don't know. You know, maybe I'd prefer uh, Dalton to Young just because I thought we played Dalton before he's a vet, blah, blah, blah. And I think, I think you were right uh, in your assessment there. I want to say that because I just don't think, you know, I think everything we did defensively for once with all the different looks and the confusion and all that stuff actually got to the quarterback this time because he's a young rookie quarterback. And I think that made a big difference uh, throughout the course of the game. You were able to fool him a little more than you probably would be able to fool Dalton, um, you know, show him things he hasn't seen. Um, and I think that, that really played a lot into how well this defense played. And, um, but like you said, as far as offensively from the other team, you're going to get, you know, screens all season. You're going to get bubble screens. You're going to get quick passes. You're going to get runs. And it's just going to be a uh, death by a thousand paper cuts. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's happening a lot. It's happening a lot. But, 
Um, you know, as long as they hold and make plays, that was the, that was like the thing that kept us maybe the first eight to 10 games that t- kept us from just, just, you know, destroying the defense was like, Hey, they make plays, they show up in the fourth quarter and then eventually they didn't, you know? So whereas this week, week four and week one, the defense gave us a chance to win. And that's all we can really ask for it just in general. Um, so they definitely, you know, uh, held them to five of 14. We were bad on – that's on third down. We were bad on one of eight there. And you're right. I'm glad you mentioned that. I wish we would have plugged the run a little bit more because you look at – I mean, we got 135 on it, 5.9 a clip. Although they ran the ball 31 times, we only ran it 23 times. Some of that is the overall play. Some of that goes back to the turnovers. 68 to 44, you know, that's that's 22 more plays that someone, or I'm sorry, 24 more plays that someone runs. That That's tough to deal with. That is really tough to deal with. But overall, like we said, a win is a win. Talking about, um, you know, when are we going to get this damn guard in to play? And, and I understand that. I, I The one thing I will say is, because people, I keep seeing people, bring up the TJ Hawkinson thing. And, and like I said, we, we did too last week because we're like, hey, he's having to run patterns. You're not having to do that. Why why can't you get in there? I think that in, in acres and stuff, but I think the difference is, is these guys like Hawkinson last year was playing. You know what I mean? He had a full off season with the team he was playing with to get in the book. He had a training camp. He played the first hand, you know, several weeks. So he was in game shape. These guys came in game shape. So whereas this dude, he didn't sign with anybody. You know, he didn't wasn't in any training camp. So I think that, that probably plays into it. But if that's the case and we go another week or two without him, then it's like, well, that kind of proves you should have signed him in August. And maybe you should have signed him in, in March or April, you know, if we're being honest about it, so he could have the whole off season. But um, at minimum, he would have had like a month, um, which is what he's, he has two weeks right now. So I think we got to – you can't compare it – and I've seen this a lot by folks of the TJ thing because he was already playing, you know what I mean? So that does help. But, yeah, I would like to see him this week, although it's a tough – you know, tough ask uh, if he's matched up with Jones. Like, here you go, buddy, go get him, and then we're gonna see him on his butt or whatever. But yeah, I you was. Know, that, you know, I, we got to be careful too, not to make him the savior. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. He, he's he was on the couch to begin his season. You know, he would have been on a roster if he was all that great. Um, so let's not. You know, as soon as he gets in, everything's gonna be going. We don't know that. Uh, could improve the line. Uh, maybe just better on assignments than Ingram or Cleveland, whoever he's coming in for, or, or even Schlotman. We don't know. Um, but yeah, we got to be careful not to crown this guy the savior and think that he's going to come in and magically think he'll be another piece at the very least. He'll be some depth uh, and we think he'll start, but we don't know that. So, um, you know, let's be careful with how optimistic we get about him. And of course we want to see him and we think it'll be an upgrade, but you never know. And now you said, just like you said, going in to see Jones, um, you know, he might end up on his button. You're probably right with the conditioning and as well as, you know, the scheme. I know it's not probably uh rocket science for the offensive line, but I'm sure there are some signals and calls that he's got to pick up. But nonetheless, I mean, let's 
let's uh, have uh, tempered enthusiasm about uh, when he plays and try not to make the expectations too high uh, and just hope that he comes in and, and fills the role, whatever role that is. Yeah, because he probably would have been on a roster if he wasn't trying to ask for the money he was trying to ask for. He actually kind of made that clear that he was like, well, I think someone's going to get my offer. And I, eventually it did. But, yeah, a couple weeks in, like you said, we can't look at him as uh, a savior. Nobody signed him to a three- or four-year uh, deal. So, obviously, we have the chefs, the, 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 the Kansas City Chiefs coming into town. We are at home. It's about – Give or take about a touchdown um, spread because it's five and a half. Um, but, you know, as we know, the, about the three points uh, to being at home, 52 uh, and a half over under, um, which, you know, is, is somewhat high for, for you know, the NFL anyway. Um, you know, the one thing I'll say is, you know, the Vikings, you know, haven't put it all together in all three phases, right? Should we barely even, well, besides punting, we barely, and punt returning, we haven't really used the kicker, as I was just saying. Um, but we really haven't put it all together, and really not that close all together. We've, on offense, we've moved the hell out of the ball. Um, we were spurting in so many ways, but the turnovers, uh, right when we seem like we're turning the corner, boom, we have another one. Um, mentioned the one yard stuff let's hope you know i don't know parts of me is like can we keep this streak alive man five straight weeks something at the one yard line i wouldn't count them out uh but that's the one thing can they they're gonna need to put it literally all together that might be a punt return you know touchdown or set you up at the 20 or i mean literally everything a 56 yard field goal to win type stuff like everything would have to really go well and to be fair um casey has has looked beatable for their standards they, they have not yet uh, hit their stride and really the first half of the season is kind of when you want to play them um, you'd obviously want to play in week one when they didn't have their star defensive, you know, guy, and then they didn't have uh, Kelsey. That the Detroit almost lost that game, but they, um, you know, that, that's when you actually would have wanted to face them. But I will say this: they don't look crazy strong. Um, a lot of people after that Bears victory, they put it all together, then came back. It didn't look as good last night. A lot of folks talking about how the refs helped them out a whole lot in that one. And a couple of those highlights, it's like, I know there's a hold on every play, but that is an extreme hold. Like, you could see that from a mile away. Um, but, you know, it comes down to this, too. Like, okay, we're talking about blitzing. Every week we blitzed a little less. Um, but you can't live and die blitzing Mahomes, can you? Because he's the guy that will take advantage of it, and it won't be just dinking and dumping. You nailed it right there, Chris. At the end, you nailed it. Uh, you can't blitz. It's it's like playing Rodgers in his prime. It's like you, you can try, and you can try to get cute with it, but, you know, if you don't get the pressure, and you don't – even if you get pressure and you don't get him on the ground, there's serious issues they have to deal with now. And, um also, just their ability to run the ball on us will be interesting, I think, to see how well they do. And you're right, they're not playing their best football. But 
Um, you know, they have some parts. I think defensive line, offensive line is pretty good. Um, those are where we're weak. I say it every week and, and that's where we are weak this, uh, season. And they might not have to use too much Mahomes magic if they can run the football. Um, but I think, you know, it's going to be hard to contain him when he gets outside the pocket or he runs or he gets up to the line of scrimmage, waits for you to come up and tackle and then hits a pass. I mean, there's a lot of things Mahomes does that's going to drive us crazy. Um, and I think that'll be the tale. Now, you know, Flores has seen Mahomes a lot of times. He might know ways to stop this and stop that, but there's just some things like extended plays and off schedule stuff that you're just not going to be able to prepare for. Just have to play it on the field and, um, it's a little scary offensively what they could do if we can't get any pressure, uh, from, you know, the guys we mentioned earlier, from Hunter, from Jones, from, uh, Davenport, from Wanham. Those are the guys that are going to have to get to the quarterback and get him on the ground or at least contain him inside the pocket, make him throw, uh, from in there because if he gets outside, it's a whole different story. And I have a feeling that's what's going to happen. And, uh, offensively, I think, you know, we, I don't think we'll be able to score with them, but I don't think we're going to get blown out. I think, you know, if we run the ball like as well as we ran or at least close to as well as we ran uh, against Carolina, which is kind of a the last two weeks, really, but, you know, um, you know, we can keep it close if we keep, uh, keep their offense off the field. But I just, yeah, I think the, I think the over under, I think it's going to be a lot of points scored here. Uh, probably. God, yeah, 52 and a half is pretty high. Yeah, that's a lot of points. That seems about right, though. I yeah, think yeah. I, I'm I'd going over. Take the I'm over. Yep, I was going to say that. And then, you know, uh, I want to say Vikes win, but I just can't. I know they're at home. Stranger things have happened. But this is a, you know, they've got the one thing, Chris, that we talked about at the top of the show, that, that you just, you know, you can't really do much about and that's uh the quarterback Patrick Mahomes and however they got him or whatever they did and uh he's a force to be reckoned with especially with the young secondary and what we have on defense right now I just don't see us us winning so I probably wrap this up by saying probably 32 21 something in that range and I I think we'll probably pace them in the game I don't think we're going to be coming back in garbage time or getting blown out at home but you know, uh, there are this, that home stinker we do every year, and I'd hate to be this one, but I hope they come out well and they want to play well and then and keep it uh, respectable, Chris. And I just thought about something. That'd be 0-3 at home. I mean, there's a lot of bets out there, right? But I'm And I'm not going to speak for you, but I'd be willing to guess. Well, actually, we both picked them to win both home games before this one. So, I would have taken the, a large amount of money out and been like, I will bet you this it, it, to say that the Vikings, if someone just uh, tweeted the Vikings will start 0-3 at home, I'd be like, come on, dude. We can't even get one of those wins, and then here we are. <laughs> we'll probably start 0-3, you know. And, and when you give up games the way we've given them up, this is a game where – It'd be sure nice to be like, hey, this is one you have to have. It's just, I'd say that would be more at Green Bay um, because that's at least a little bit more, hey, they just lost their best offensive alignment again. Hey, they didn't look all that great. That's at least, it just feels like on paper 
a more doable thing. And I'm glad you brought up running. Um, like you're saying, last week and the week before, they really looked like they were at least trying to establish the run. But this year, 137 they're putting up. 137 yards a game, which is a ton in the NFL, Kansas City. So they're running the shit out of the ball, too. They're not throwing it left and right and right and left. They're, I mean, 260 almost, that's big, but, you know, that's 40-something yards less than us. But then you look at 137 to 83, that's rough. Neither team is just crazy at stopping the run. We've done a little bit better, but, yeah, man, it's tough. It really is tough. So I got them 30 to 23, uh, KC getting the job done. It just it seems like, you know, to use a Viking quarterback from the past, Tarkington, Mahomes has that Tarkington times 100 where you're just like, oh, what? and obviously we didn't get to see those live, live watching him play, but seeing those highlights where he's on the edge and you're like, where are you going, dude? Oh, shit, he threw it deep. I mean, the magic that Mahomes has outside the pocket, like you said, you'd rather keep him in there and at least have someone hit him so he's got to, you know, get rid of the ball. It can't be perfectly timed because once he's on the outside, the dude is just a magician, kind of like we've never seen outside the combo of being able to throw in the pocket and doing that. It's just, it's too much to overcome. And even though they look beatable, and they are beatable. They usually are beatable in the first six to eight games because they usually have like a rocky start and then they get the shit together and win seven in a row. So, uh, but yeah, I'm with you. I'd say 30 to 23. Um, you know, I just had the thought, Chris, about, yeah. you know, how we've been attacked uh, on the, on defense this season. And then you look across the fields can be Andy Reid, you know, and you right. were the master of dink and dunk, the master of misdirection, the master of all these yeah. things that have been killing us all year. So, you know, I just don't think it's, it's a recipe for tough. success. It could be tough. And let's just hope it doesn't get out of hand. We're going to need those oddities. You know, we're going to need uh, a, a missed field goal, a blocked field goal, a scoop and score again, or like I said, a punt return. I mean, we would need – a whole lot. And speaking of needing a whole lot, the Gophers did get the job done. Came out a little shaky on defense. Uh, managed to kind of control, you know, contain stuff, calm down a little bit, and got back to uh, good old Gopher football. And, uh, you know, they, they, they got the job done, the Raging Cajuns, a couple years ago. Like I mentioned last week, I would have been a little bit more timid when, when they had the lead. But uh, they are – they're a good, solid program, but they just don't got the horses like they did a few years back. But, they, they, you know, it was a good, solid win. And, you know, to I did like what I saw out of another freshman, you know. So um, it looks like we're, we're, we're good in that area. It would be nice to get Taylor back, though, too, because he is the workhorse. But Evans came in. Really, three guys gave you everything. Williams, the vet, the transfer from Western Michigan. We definitely ran the ball. It was very accurate, you know, with two two weeks now of accuracy from the quarterback. Um, so, you know, let's see, you know, where we go here. Obviously, you know, the, the big brown jug. It's the oldest trophy uh, in college football. It's not the most rivalry games, meetings, but it is the oldest trophy. Um, and it's a funny story of how it all started. A lot of uh, – 
not trusting the other team and spiking water in the jug and all that. So it's kind of a fun one. Um, and, you know, you could say Michigan's passing game is not looking all that great. Um, it does feel like, you know, they had they finally covered their first spread last week. Uh, if you look at the other games, it did feel like, you know, 35 to 7, 31 to 6, 31 to 7, um, 30 to 3. It did seem like, hey, we're going to get up on you slowly but surely, and, and, and we're just going to run you to death. And if you're okay with taking that million for coming here, we'll be fine. We're going to not show anything. And on top of that, they did have a ton of injuries, uh, like literally like six starters at one point. Now a lot of people coming back. They have the deepest running back field. We like our young running backs. These mother effers have three, especially two, just killers out there. So um, they're not averaging over 200 yards uh, on the ground, but that's – that's just a matter of time until it comes. Um, I mean, like I said, I guess this is when you'd want to catch them when they're not playing great per se for Michigan standards, but it's really about showing up and showing you at least can compete with them for, you know, a half or two and a half quarters, maybe take it into the fourth with the, with a down 10 or something like that. Um, these last two weeks, the defense have shown a little funkiness. We're, we need Cody Lindbergh. I, I believe the captain's done for the season. He was, in the, he was the second most snaps coming in this season. But, Lyndon, we, we need Cody so bad. And, and if you're going to have an inside, you know, a middle linebacker against a running game and a play action and all that, and they love to hit their tight ends too, I don't know. We've seen a little bit more leaky defense than we're used to here up in Gopherland. I really, it's just really about respectfully getting beat. I'd say. <laughs> I know some people will not like that, but hey, we're realists over here. It comes down to meat and potatoes, Chris. Every time you play Michigan, it's like your line against their line on both sides of the ball, and Michigan just, you know, they have them every year. Uh, you know, first round picks and guys that are going in the draft and their offensive line is always good. And they got running backs, like you, like you mentioned, and we have those things, but, uh, we don't have, you know, the top shelf, those things, you know, we yeah, got right, maybe, right. we got rail stuff. We're, we're all right, but yeah, we got stuff in our covers. We can eat. We'll, we'll get it. We're going to eat. It's just not, you know, crumb de la crumb. No. And they have those. And, uh, would it be the biggest surprise to me to beat Michigan at home? I, I don't think so, but um, it would be an upset. It would go to, it'd probably make top news of the day, and uh, it'd be one of those uh, signature wins. I just don't think it's going to happen. Michigan's on their way to something here, and they got that back and uh, a defense. And, I, you know, the more I watch Calic Manis, Chris, the more I see Tanner Morgan. And I'm trying not to. I really am. I'm giving this kid, I'm going to give him the whole season. But it just, you know, there's accuracy, eh, not so great. Uh, throws, not so great. And I'm beginning to wonder now uh, what kind of, uh, you know, cuffs they have on their quarterbacks here about throwing the ball. And I'm being a little bit too early with this. So let's just call it speculation at the t- for this time. But I'm starting to see tentativeness. I'm starting to see... 
you know, slants and outs and, you know, a little bit less going down the field. Um, it's just something that's kind of sticking in my craw a little bit watching him. And I don't want to see six years of Calic Manis doing the same thing Morgan does. I want to see us elevate there at that position a little bit, particularly because I think there's a great group of receivers here right now that, that need to get the ball. You got Crooms and, and Jackson and a few other guys that really do. And like I said, the running back stable is pretty good. Uh, you know, Taylor, Tyler and Evans. I thought Evans came out and played really well for Taylor. And, um, so the young backs are there. You have your pair and your spare and your spare. So, you know, if you're going to beat Michigan, I suppose this might be it. Oh, my son's crying. So if you happen to hear that, but, um, you know, I just don't see it this year. I just don't see it at Chris. Michigan just took a step up last year and I just don't, I just don't see it. I want to, I really want to say we got a shot here. And like you said, be respectable in a loss if you can. And, uh, you know, and just try to get off the field uh, healthy and uh, with some self-confidence. Well, and, you know, us up here in Minnesota, we see that, you know, these hit 91 or 92 set a record. Today probably set a record. Sunday set a record. Or, I mean, Saturday set a record for late September, October dates and everything like that, dating back to, like, 1879 or whatever. Um, I bring that up. Because by the time the ball kicks, and by the time that oh, maybe it's windy, actually maybe I don't want it to be windy <laughs> for our sake. Um, because then that just means they're going to run the ball too a lot anyway. Um, you never know. It could we, we could be dealing with like thirty eight degrees or something and windy by the end of the you know by the end of the game in the fourth quarter or whatever, and that would be our only hope. Now I do say this. Because they haven't been covering spreads much besides this last week, it opened at 20 and a half. It's down to 19 and a half. So, I mean, we got something going on. Okay, I'll stop. Yeah, I just, you know, we talked about this after we lost uh, to Northwestern. Um, it's Iowa. And if you're ever, they just lost their quarterback who they, speaking of Michigan, they just transferred in the guy. He got hurt during camp. I saw the video. I saw him walking around. And I was like, oh, dude, that's going to. That's not good. And he hasn't been able to move all year when he runs like a free run out of the pocket. He, he's like 50% running. He's done for the year now. So their offense sucks again. And like worse than us, okay, because I'm not saying we got a juggernaut, but um, at least we can do some stuff. That's what it is. And we also, after this game, this Saturday, that we're hosting on NBC Peacock, we get we get a bye. So we two weeks to scheme and all that stuff, whereas they don't have, they're not coming off of by Iowa. Now, it's at Iowa, I get it, but honestly, this is the year that could spark this team if they were to beat Iowa. And it really comes down to beat Iowa this year. Uh, any final words, sir? I agree with you. Beat Iowa. I mean, that, that'll make the year for me. Um, especially beat them in Iowa would just be a little extra special. Um, you know, obviously you got to try to beat Wisconsin. That's a yearly thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, Michigan's going to be tough, man. Like you said, the weather drops, you know, strange things could happen. 36, you could see, see some, some flakes or maybe a little sleet or something. Who knows? I don't know. But, um, yeah, it's tough sledding for them. Uh, no pun intended. And, uh, let, you know, you get a little break and then go win 
the game against Iowa and put that one behind you. And, you know, like you said, it could bounce uh, some things forward in the yeah. season. You got some tough games, Illinois and, and whatnot. But, you know, I think if you just can get, get, Iowa, get that, you know, get that monkey off your back, as the football coaches always said, and, and get your, get yourself uh, off the schneid with Iowa. I think that'd be uh, every gopher probably give you a pass on uh, Northwestern this year. Yeah, and it would definitely open up because, yeah, we know we got one of the tougher schedules, top ten toughest schedule. You still have Ohio State, but besides Ohio State, if you beat Iowa, after that, having, quote, unquote, beat Iowa, your whole mentality, you know, is shaped differently because then you're like, okay, they have losses in conference too, and if we can just beat these teams and get on a nice little run and win five or six or something like that, um, then it would be possible. But we'll see until we get there. Until then, let's hope that they just put up solid, solid, you know, just be like we belong on the field somewhat. Anyway, we'll be back next Monday. Let's hope we get one win out of this. Obviously, it's pretty sad, though, if the Chiefs is the better odds percent to win because it sure doesn't feel that way. But, you know, just off the odds, it is. But we know NFL doesn't have 20-point spreads no matter what. So we'll be back next Monday. Take it easy.